Welcome to Dodgers Homestand, your behind-the-scenes look at what makes the Dodgers Stadium experience so special for baseball fans and ball players alike. A unique perspective on Dodgers baseball from someone who's there for every home game and who has one of the best seats in the house. And now, your host, the public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the voice of God in blue heaven on earth, Todd Lights. Wow, what a night here at Chavez Ravine. The Dodgers beat the Diamondbacks 10-1 on the strength of Trace Thompson's three home runs. He hit a grand slam. He hit a three-run bomb. He hit a solo shot in the eighth inning. What a night. Unbelievable. I got to give uh, props to Juan Toribio, um, one of our, uh, our staff writers, for the headline, Uno Dos Trace. Thompson goes yard three times. What a great headline, Juan Toribio. Well said. But wow, Trace Thompson becoming only the third Dodger to hit three home runs and drive in eight runs in a game. He joins Gil Hodges, the great Gil Hodges, and El Titan, Adrian Gonzalez, as the only three Dodgers ever to accomplish that amazing feat. And he got a curtain call. I love when players get a curtain call, when the fans just won't let them get away. He got a standing ovation, came out, tipped his hand out to the uh, to the crowd, and it was a really, really fun moment. Well, we get very few of those curtain calls here at Dodger Stadium, and I was just talking to my guys in here in the booth and uh, saying that, you know, we got to teach these fans how to ask for a curtain call because three home runs and eight RBI, that deserves a curtain call. And the fans asked him for one, and he obliged. So the line score for tonight's game, the Arizona Diamondbacks, one run, five hits, no errors. And for your Dodgers, 10 runs, eight hits, and one error. This was 6-10 p.m. game, 48,886 fans out here at Dodger Stadium to watch the Dodgers win. In a game that, you know, despite the fact that we had 11 runs and 13 hits, a couple challenges here and there and so forth, um, ran two hours and 14 minutes. So a nice, brisk game which started under sunny skies uh, with a temperature of 64 degrees. It was a very, very nice spring night out here at Dodger Stadium. J.D. Martinez also went yard, reaching out and ripping a ball out to the right field pavilion, his first home run as a Dodger in the seventh. So the Dodgers hit four home runs in total. Of course, Trace Thompson carried the load with the uno dos Trace home runs and eight RBIs. Clayton Kershaw looked masterful out there. He had six innings pitched, only gave up four hits, one earned run on a home run by Christian Walker, and he had nine strikeouts of diamondback hitters. The losing pitcher, Madison Bumgarner, who elicited the boos that he normally gets here, but Kershaw said after the game he's got a lot of respect for Madison Bumgarner and what he's accomplished in the game of baseball. The save goes to Andre Jackson, his first Appearance of the year, wearing number 44, Andre Jackson, a great-looking young pitcher, and he kind of had pitched two scoreless innings and looked real good out there as well. Dodgers put out a pretty cool right-handed lineup against Bumgarner, Mad Bum, Mookie Betts in right field leading off, Freddie Freeman, well, he'll hit against anybody. Uh, the lefties, uh, 
playing first base. J.D. Martinez, a right-handed batter, was the D.H. Like I said, he uh, had a couple hits, which was nice to see because he didn't look so good uh, last night with three strikeouts, but he uh, he doubled and homered. Uh, Max Muncy was in the four spot, hitting cleanup. He had a couple Ks, and uh, he did score a run, though. Uh, Chris Taylor was in left field. He uh, drove in a run on a sacrifice fly and made a really nice catch out in left field. Miguel Vargas just continues to get on base. I think he's like 8 for 10 in getting on base this season. So if he's not getting hits, he's just getting walks, and he's just getting on base. He scored two runs. Trace Thompson, of course, had the night of nights, um, and he hit three home runs. And I heard that Dave Roberts in the postgame press conference told reporters that there's a new rule that if you hit three home runs, you're in the lineup tomorrow. And one of the reporters said they told Trace, Hey, did you hear about the new rule? You're in the lineup tomorrow. He says, I like that rule. So we had Miguel Rojas sitting in the eighth spot as, as he kind of has been. Um, he was on base once. He didn't get a hit, but he was smooth out there at short. And then Austin Barnes behind the plate, as he often is with Clayton Kershaw. And some people make a, a thing about the fact that it's you know he's like Clayton's designated catcher. But really, I think it's more of a load management thing. Um, I think the comfort level with Will Smith and Clayton Kershaw is, is, is just as good. I think this is more of, you know, giving Will Smith the night off tonight so he can be ready to, uh, to catch tomorrow, and I anticipate him being in the starting lineup uh, tomorrow. Here in Dodger Vision, we had a pretty cool pregame ceremony. Our in-stadium hosts tonight were Morgan Tompkins and Elisa Hernandez, who really bring the energy every time they're out here. They make a nice team. Uh, they got a lot of good positive energy, and uh, they do a really great job. We had the kids take the field as normal, and that's always fun to see those young shining faces eagerly holding their pens and the balls in their hand. As when the Dodgers take the field, the kids run out there with them to get their ball signed. Oh, Mr. Beth, will you sign my ball for me? And that's always cool to see the happy little faces as they're cradling their balls and clutching it to their, their chests as they run back in. Hold those balls aloft triumphantly. We had a guy come out to throw an honorary first pitch by the name of George Fermanian. He's a president of a, of a foundation called the Fermanian Foundation. They build schools, churches, orphanages, medical facilities, and multi-use structures all over the world. So they're doing a lot of good work out there. And he's also a proud alumnus of UCLA. So a uh, cool guy. And he threw a good pitch, too. We had a really nice national anthem. Danny Rose was here. She's... Uh, the lead singer of a country music band called Honey County, and she was accompanied by a Dodger Stadium organist, Dieter Rule, and sang a really nice, soulful version of the anthem. And she's been here before, and it's always a treat to have her come out. So they're, they're bringing out some of the heavy hitter anthem singers for this opening week, and as they should. Now, it was Freddie Freeman bobblehead night uh, tonight. Cool bobblehead of Freddie Freeman. I hope I get my hands on one of those babies. And he had his family out here, his beautiful family, his wife and his three sons, Brandon, Maximus, and Charlie. And Charlie, who's kind of a, a star in his own right, just because he's got such a funny little personality and he's a cool little kid, he threw the ceremonial first pitch to his dad. And uh, that was really cool to see, you know, Freddie with his three sons and his beautiful wife and uh, his beautiful family out here looking real happy. Uh, he didn't do much in the game, but, you know, sometimes it's, that doesn't really matter. The other guys picked up the slack, especially, of course, Trace Thompson. And his family also recited the words that are recited before each and every Dodger game. It's time for Dodger baseball. They did a great job with that. 
Our military hero of the game was a Marine Corps captain, Jesus Aguilera from Santa Barbara, but he lives in Mission Viejo now. And he's a graduate of uh, the U.S. Naval Academy, and he earned his commission as a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps back in 2012, serving as a fire direction officer, platoon commander, a forward observer, and a fire support coordinator with the 2nd Battalion, 11th Marines Field Artillery Battalion. He deployed three times with the 31st Marines Expeditionary Unit, which is a pretty uh, heavy-duty combat unit, and uh, currently the commander of Headquarters Battery, 5th Battalion, 14th Marines. So a really great military hero tonight. As always, I really enjoy the military hero, as I've uh, said before. You've probably heard me say that. I had a chance to talk with our A1. You know, you've heard of QB1, you know, our first stringer. Uh, He's our first string audio engineer, Patrick Sweeney, who's been here almost 20 seasons, I believe. And he does a great job at the helm of our audio board controlling all the sound throughout Dodger Stadium. Everything you hear in the bathrooms, everything you hear in the restaurants, everything you hear as you exit and enter the stadium, and of course everything that you hear from the DJ music to Dieter Rule to yours truly, he makes us all sound great. And You're going to hear a little bit more about the challenges and the joys of mixing sound uh, during a live baseball game here at a major league baseball park which is a very unusual place because it's an open air uh, venue it's in the middle of a ravine it has its own challenges and quirks and nuances that uh, patrick knows very very well and here's a little bit of our conversation right now an a1 what is that audio one so basically you're you're the guy kind of uh steering the ship on the audio side of things uh, in front of the console the audio console where an audio two would be your guy down in the trenches dealing with uh, microphones and monitors and needs with bands and the getting the mariachi ready to go stuff like that and you're sitting we're up in the pa booth right now with a beautiful view of the mountains we love this we always talk about hey look at the mountains look at the sunset tonight look at these palm trees you know look at that bum man he's over there down on his, his knees. knees right um <laughs> and so you're sitting in front of this beautiful uh, Yamaha board. How many channels uh, are on that thing that you got to deal with? Uh, we got uh, 64 channels in the board, and we got about another 80 channels in a digital network uh, that is tied to the restrooms, to con- the concourses, uh, to the restaurants. That's all in in a like a digital matrix. I don't want to get too much into the weeds of that, but it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of channels, a lot of things to, to look at visually with your eyes, but also you need to use your ears too. But yeah, this view, you can't beat it. I've, I've been to up in San Francisco. I've done some audio there. Um, just, just for a football event though, not, not an actual Giants game. So you can't hold me to that, but uh, yeah. their, their audio position was facing a wall. So I'm glad I'm not facing a wall, Todd. It's wonderful to be downtown, but you have no, no real, um, noticeability of it. it's just right now it looks like ireland you know you got these rolling hills and you got sn- snow in the mountains it's, it's, especially it's, this time of year oh, when yeah. it's so nice and green yeah the only building we can see from our vantage point is the police academy over there which is this beautiful red tile roofed uh you know mission style yeah. uh, building um so what you're saying is that every sound you hear in dodger stadium from in the bathrooms to the restaurants to the center field plaza is all coming from this board this board and a bunch of computers in the back room yeah it's it's all kind of funneling through uh where i stand and sit out here right next to you just it's all right right in front of me here so yeah it's it's pretty amazing coming from when i started here we were more in the analog days uh that was two um audio systems prior to that so i'm 
and we're in our third audio uh, uh, public address system, and it's, it's pretty fantastic. It's pretty amazing what we have now with technology. And this, you know, what is so special about this particular um, array and cluster of, of audio that's out in center field? They, obviously, they, they put a new one in a couple years ago before the All-Star game. Right. What makes our system different and, you know, better than at I, other stadiums? I would say the system we had even back in the late early 2000s uh, by Eastern Acoustic Works, EAW, out of uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, that custom designed it with amazing uh, old certain types of wood. Uh, and maple that make really create a nice resonance so kind of uh, like in a guitar you know exactly a guitar or like the the Stradivari like the violins from the you know 16th century right mm -hmm. so there's there is importance to the, the the material made out of things to create the right audio audioscape and uh, to, to maybe digress a little bit uh, Dodger Stadium is unique because obviously it's the third oldest park right now in, 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 in the United States but also it, it doesn't have a distributed sound system where you know think of it as um, Think of a pond, right? It's a still pond, and you drop one big, one big rock, and it creates a nice ripple where everyone hits it and it gets that that feeling at the same time. Most stadiums don't have what Dodger Stadium has, which is a giant concert line array out in center field. They have systems, uh, speakers, uh, closer to the fans, but they don't really have that low end that Dodgers has. It's a full concert system, so we we could put on a full concert here without bringing in any other sound, which most stadiums, I'd say, probably. Over 95% of the stadiums in all of America can't do that, can't achieve that. So, And if you wanted to, you could really overpower the TV broadcast because directionally it's shooting right back at us um, and and it, it can interfere with the broadcast. So I know that you're very sensitive about making sure that you do a great job of... Uh, of making sure you don't overpower them. Correct, correct. So so before I started working here in the early 2000s, Todd, I was working uh, with uh, broadcasting for ESPN, NBC Sports, uh, X Games, specifically action sports, but also I got invited to work the 2002 Olympic uh, Games in Salt Lake. And so I, I was in a position to kind of uh, be the middleman between broadcast and what their needs are and the fan experience. And I, I worked really hard to achieve a place where, say like action sports, um, Sean White wants to drop into that half pipe, right? He wants to hear his song. If he doesn't hear his song and, and just, just some guys pointing at him and camera got to drop in, he may not have the, the, the best run of his life. But when, you know, a batter walking up really feels the music or the fans feel it, and I mean, even just Vin Scully saying how he got into broadcasting was that roar, that, that untangible uh, feeling you get. So that's always in the back of my mind to achieve not just the best fan experience uh, for you come to the game, obviously, but also when you're on t when you watch on TV, that I'm at the best levels I can be, where I'm not, you know, causing problems for for the broadcast on on the way they capture the show, but actually compliment it. And so it's wonderful to get a lot of, of um, positive feedback from people all around the world. And MLB executives come by saying, the way the way it's mixed here sounds sounds fantastic at home, and that that's mostly the guy in the truck for television but it's because i create a certain environment for him to to capture that so it's really it's a you know we're both stepping on the same page or the stone at the same time the the the, the you know the public address audio a1 and what's called the truck a1 in the broadcast world and so it's nice that we have that room to create a proper environment you know it's outdoor it's not like staples center where you got a roof over your head it's every day is a little different we got a bit of a vortex that spins around the middle of the day that throws the wind around throws the sound around a little bit so it's definitely every day here's unique and a challenge yeah I, I was gonna i was gonna ask you about that what are your unique challenges and you know different weather conditions wind cold hot all those things affect 
the way the sound moves here. Yes, yes. If you remember, was it uh, two two playoff seasons when we had that sandstorm? Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> the game against the Giants. Yeah, that was, uh, what, and 20? so so that's the give and take, right? Maybe a distributed sound system, say maybe Angels or something. The, the speakers are closer to the fans, so there's there's uh, less what's called node points for for that interference, so you can kind of hear that. But um, once we get bad weather in here between the system, the sound system way out, you know, that's another 180 feet past the, the home run wall, so it's 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 pretty far away. So just the, just nature itself and physics starts to affect uh, our sound system, which is definitely a challenge compared to other star, uh, other stadiums that that don't have to deal with that that type of um, environment that we and have. You've been here. here practically what twenty seasons now? Uh, I, let's see here. Uh, I I uh, started I interned with ESPN in nineteen ninety nine, and then I started working with them in NBC Sports in, in the two thousands. Led to the two Salt Lake games in two thousand two, and then two thousand three. I was invited down here by the the DJ at the time to be uh, an assistant backup DJ to that. That's uh, in 2003. And then by 2005, I, I was invited to, to be the, the sound engineer here. So and you've been here ever since. So yeah. I don't know if there's anybody else living that, that can, you know, understand the, the, the physics of this ravine environment that we're in and do such a good job. So, you know, you just know that you're very, very much appreciated with your skill. I hear all the time from people that, man, I'm watching TV and I hear you and I hear the organ as clear as day. And you can't say that about other ballparks, really. And so it, you know, it makes me feel good as a public address announcer that to get a little bit of, of my voice on the television broadcast. And 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 so we know that that's because of our great system, but also the operator that's here in the PA booth, uh, more than 1,100 feet away, more than a second away from sound. Um, that's that's mixing this in such a way that you get that kind of effect, and it's become a thing. I mean, it's become a thing with the broadcast in the sense that you know Oral and Joe or whoever's mm -hmm. doing the right, game right. will say something, and then Dieter will hear it because he's always listening to the broadcast, and he'll play the song a song that relates to that, and that becomes part of this this little interplay between what's going on live here in the stadium and what's happening. Uh, on the broadcast, and so that I think that's become a really cool uh, part of watching a Dodger game. You touched upon probably one of my favorite things about working here is that someone like Dieter, who has this just you know tonality genius, it, to 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 see what's coming and to have music prepared immediately, and then you see Oral and Joe kind of play off it tongue in cheek, and it, it makes for really an amazing experience. Uh, whether you know you're here at the game and you're maybe you know old school listening like people would do it then, or you're at home, you know, on your nice home stereo setup, you know, watching it there. Um, it's, it's a wonderful flow that um, we have that freedom to kind of to have, have that openness with each other, with, with, with the guys just over on the other side of the press box here that we work with every day. So um, it's really an honor to, to be able to do that because a lot of, like say, you know, other stadiums, you, 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 you don't have that option sometimes because you, you, you can hear there's music going on when you watch the game coming back, say, from a commercial, but you may not actually know that song or be able to hear intelligently what, what that is, is playing. And uh, for, for this job, and, and, and the trade-off here is that you have to be intuitive, really, to do the job here in sound because everything you're doing is out of sync. You're actually doing stuff before you hear it. By the time you hear something and you try to fade something up or change something or make a, make a, a, a correction, it's too late. So you're, you're constantly having to be living a few seconds ahead of everything, and that's the world uh, of the trade-off with speaker systems so far away from, from the fans and, and where we're at. But it's nice to have plenty of throttle when we need it for say playoffs and the bosses say all right unleash you know we can we can go a little louder 
you know. So it's it's nice to have that as a sound guy. And just to wrap up, because we've gone about ten minutes, and that's about half of my podcast time. Um, but um, I just want to share a little story. Is that I've known Patrick since I was coming here to sing the national anthem. I started singing the anthem here, I think, in like twenty ten or twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. And I just remember coming in here, and, I, and of course you come up, and at the time it was Nancy B. Halfley who was the uh, organist for, for many years, and I would come up and rehearse with her, and that's just kind of the, the routine that we do. But always the first person I would see is you, and you always made me feel welcome, and you always made me feel comfortable, like, hey man, I got your back, and there, you, there was this friendly face here, and then... And then now I get to work with you, and we, God, man, we've—I've been. This is my ninth season, so we've been shoulder yeah. to shoulder basically yeah. for all that time, and we have such a great crew in here and a great culture. But um, I always think about that, and and you know, I remembered you know meeting you when I was singing the national anthem, and feeling uh, a kinship with you and a comfort level yeah. with you, and then now we get to work together, and God knows we'll probably be working here till we're couple of old farts i mean i'm already an old fart <laughs> yeah. but hey uh, I, I, got, I got some wisdom hair coming out of those gray hairs moving on my beard here <laughs> so i'm right there with you yeah it was such an honor to work with you then too and then have it come when 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 you came by and was was uh part of this this uh possibility of you becoming public address announcer i was excited i was really giddy i'm like oh his voice would be just fantastic and it worked out perfectly and it, it's it's a magical place here really there's 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 you know, from Vince Scully, when that we had Vince Scully Day, and we had like a double rainbow coming right across uh, the right field. Uh, the ravine's a very special place, and I think a lot of a lot of intangibles happen here. A lot of uh, things that that draw people here. That's very special. Patrick, thanks for spending some time with me. Uh, really appreciate, it. love working with you, and hope we get to work together many years to come. Thanks a lot, buddy. My pleasure, Todd. Thank you so much. Patrick Sweeney, our A one. That's like a QB one. You know, that's like he's like the main guy that makes you all the things sound good in Dodger Stadium and Chavez Ravine. And I'm very thankful to him because he makes me sound good every day. All right, so that's all we have for you tonight on Dodgers homestand. Uh, what a great night out here at Chavez Ravine. Three home runs by Trace Thompson, eight RBI. Dodgers win 10-1 to over the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they'll be back at it tomorrow afternoon to wrap up this four-game series. And we'll see you at the ballpark. Thank you for listening to Dodgers Homestand with stadium announcer Todd Lights, taking you behind the scenes at Chavez Ravine and giving you a bird's eye view of Dodgers baseball both on and off the field. Join us for our next episode, and if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts.